Hello, and welcome to the Edify podcast, where we believe success can be achieved by small and simple means. Today's guest is Matthew Fritchie, and we are going to introduce him as the professional in spending money. He's going to cover topics such as mastermind groups, venture capital, and mindset. I promise you, you're not going to want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Do you have a property that is in rough condition, has tenant issues, or a project that never got finished? Then you need to contact Homelink Properties. This Springfield, Missouri-based company will give you a fair cash offer on your property, completely as is, the same day you reach out. If you're an investor, Homelink Properties can also put your house in front of hundreds of cash buyers so that you too can quickly sell your property. Give them a call today, 417-295-0723. Cool. Um, is, it, is it okay if I start like four years before high school? Sure. Let's do it. Because I, I think it's very applicable. So uh, I grew up, my, my dad worked the same job since he was 18 years old. Um, and he was a salesman for industrial supply, uh, extremely supportive in everything I've ever done. My mom ran her own small businesses for a long time and also extremely supportive in everything I've done. There was never anything I attempted to do where my dad or mom said, that's a bad idea. Um, and I think that's important to know. Uh, now, when I was growing up, I had like all odds against me from teachers to friends. I had people tell me I was never good enough. I wasn't ever going to make it. Um, I opened up once to my brother and asked him, what should I do to be successful like you? Because he found a lot of success at a pretty young age. And he told me, read the book, Think and Grow Rich, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, Richest Man in Babylon. And Fantastic I'm like 11 books. years old, 12 years old. Oh, great books. Uh, so I started reading Think and Grow Rich and, and fell in love with the idea of auto-suggestion. Uh, took it to my brother again. He suggested to write on a little note card all the goals you wanted to accomplish. So I wrote all that out and I actually found that the, although I thought the world was endless in its possibilities, there were a lot of people around me who didn't believe that that was the case. So I actually had teachers who would look at that card and tell me, you're not smart enough to get good enough grades to uh, get into a good enough college, to get a good enough job to make that kind of money. <clears throat> and I actually went through some pretty severe depression all through uh, middle school and high school because of the way that. I, I should say other, other people suppressed my, my dreams, my, my beliefs. Right. And then I, uh, I actually got into, I, I, I wasn't willing to settle with that because I had read enough of those books to know, just don't take their word for it. It's about what you believe. It's your reality that you create in your thoughts. Right. So um, I, I actually stepped into this uh, business management training program um, in high school to give you all the college credits and whatnot. And, Solid program. It basically taught you how to build a business uh, on your own terms. So you got to decide all the all the classes you took, the modules you took, and you got to decide if and when you took tests and all that fun stuff. And it was it was pretty incredible. But uh, um, one of the things in that class that we learned, uh, we actually took a Brian Tracy Maximum Achievement Seminar. And one of the things in there he talked about is how important it is to even write a letter to your enemies and forgive them. And when you can forgive them and you can forgive yourself, you can move on and do anything you want to do. So um, <clears throat> I took that to heart, did exactly that. And at that point I felt like I was free to move forward. So, so did you write mission, a letter to, to some of like your teachers and your friends or your yeah. peers? Uh-huh. I wow. did. Wow. Okay. 
So, did, and did you actually yeah. send it to them or just write, write it down to get it off your chest? Uh, I actually sent it to some of them. Yeah. Wow. And okay. it was just, and all it was like, it didn't, it doesn't matter their response. I never cared about their response. And that's what he tells you not to care about either, but just getting it off your chest that, that you forgive them. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was it. That's so, awesome. um, cause if you can be okay with that decision, I, I do believe you can start to forgive yourself for, uh, anyway. So yeah, I did that. Um, and then went and served an LDS mission, of course, actually with you, yeah. <laughs> we had a blast, um, <clears throat> and got home and my brother provided an opportunity to, uh, jump on board with him on a merchant processing company, a high-risk merchant processing company. So we set up companies with the, uh, who were susceptible to chargebacks. So a lot of e-commerce, uh, Nutra, Pharma, those types of companies, um, to companies with high ticket items. So coaching and, and speaking, we got all those guys set up with the ability to use credit cards. Um, in that realm, it's all about relationships. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just sign Well, you can sign up for square, but the problem is with a lot of those groups is they do their underwriting afterwards. So there's many instances where we have people who flood in 40, 50 grand in a month and their account gets shut down, um, because they don't like something on the website or whatever. And sometimes they hold that money for 60, 90 days before they release back to you. And that can be very detrimental to a new business. So <clears throat> the money that we found was definitely in the high risk space. We play in the low risk space now uh, by helping people actually get going with the ability to accept crypto payments as well, oh, wow. um, as well, not just crypto, but crypto as well as, you know, regular Visa MasterCards and whatnot. So started doing that. <clears throat> um, we built that to a point where we had enough employees to, <clears throat> to run that and take care of it. And my brother and I looked at each other and went, well, okay, that was fun. Now what should we do? We decided that uh, the best way to seek out something else was to control the environment we were in. So we started building mastermind groups and we started this, this collecting is, I'm, the environment. I, I'm going to have some questions on this one because I, I have actually am thinking about starting my own. So yeah, let's, let's dive into this a little bit. Oh, we absolutely can. Do you want to do that now or after? Uh, yeah, let's do it after. Continue with your story and okay. we'll, come, we'll come back to it. Yeah, you're good. So uh, my brother ran, uh, stayed there and, and runs that still. Uh, <clears throat> I ran some of the mastermind groups. It put us in a position where we started to meet a lot of really cool people. It opened up the doors of opportunities. And we had a lot of people who would approach us and ask us for, for advice, for help on how to build and scale their company. And then we started having people who were in, in need of some cash to, to jumpstart their company. So we thought, well, we're getting both these offers. I feel like we're pretty good at it. And we've got a lot of resources on the capital side. Why don't we build out a VC? So we started raising money in a, in a VC, in a fund, and, and built out four or five different funds. Uh, had some fun with it. It was great. We, you know, uh, uh, fell in love with the idea of taking companies to that next level, being a part of it as much as we could and uh, placing our money and then raising money for it with the people that we want to partner with. So we've been involved in a lot of things. Uh, currently, we're, we're involved with manufacturing. Um, we're involved on the crypto side as well. Um, some of the blockchain stuff, as well as uh, we've actually gotten into hemp and cannabis into the CBG realm and 
you know, so we've uh, got some exciting projects like that, but we've had uh, everything from media companies to marketing companies to insurance companies that we've worked a lot with. Um, we've got some that are pretty exciting that are coming up right now that involve the car realm and I'm a big car guy. So it's exciting to be able to get involved with my passion with some of the coolest top people in the industry. I don't know if that just paused your video. I just had nope. a call that came in. Nope, but, you're good. <clears throat> cool. So anyway, uh, with all that, man, it's, it's been fun. I, I think collectively, you know, we've, we've probably got, I don't know, eight projects right now that we're, we're knee deep in, whether it's just from the capital side or digging in and, and uh, doing our due diligence or helping scale these groups. So we're always looking for opportunities and right now have a couple opportunities for people to capitalize on. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, it, it, it all came from relationships and our ability to connect with the right people. And <clears throat> it's quite honestly, my favorite part about it is you get to meet so many great people, whether they're new in the startup realm or veterans in, <clears throat> you know, the big business realm. It's awesome to be able to connect a lot of dots for people by moving the pieces. And for me, I feel like <clears throat> that's actually what I do most of um, with a couple of my partners is, is sourcing it, right? So we're sourcing the deals, we're negotiating with the companies, we're finding the, the capital partners and bringing them in, and then we're putting the people in place to help build and scale those companies. So it's exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. It does sound super exciting. And I definitely want to break some of this apart. Um, Let's go back to the mastermind group because I, I, I love that you're talking about these relationships and networking and how that seems like it's what's led to your success. And I bet a lot of that came from the mastermind group, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, tell, uh -huh. tell me a little bit about um, your mastermind group. How did you start it? What does that entail? What does it look like to get started uh, and things like that? Um, well, first of all, uh, at the beginning, we, we wanted to make it a profit center. And I think that was our number one miss. I don't want to say mistake, but mistake. I mean, I, I do believe that everyone should have skin in the game. Mm -hmm. You know, there, there are mastermind groups that uh, my partners and I have been a part of that are, you know, $20,000 mastermind groups that uh, you, you get together for a weekend retreat and that's all it is, mm -hmm. you know? So I do believe that there is uh, some skin in the game. That's, that's absolutely necessary. Um, there's, there's free. You can always go free. But if it's free, it needs to be a very private invite only type of event and not very uh, uh, open to the public. <clears throat> I, I say that just because, you know, uh, if you want to control your environment, but you put a free event out there, you're going to have a, a lot of people, you know, wanting to sell you popsicles and popsicle sticks. And, and that's their whole intent of being there is to find their next client. Um, I, I don't believe that's how masterminds should be. In fact, we've got, uh, we've done a lot of masterminds where we don't even talk about business. We just talk about personal life. You're not allowed to talk about business until you're at one section of that mastermind. Uh, we had a friend who introduced this model to us. Her name's Melissa out of Dallas. And every year she gets several billionaires and hundred millionaires, 500 millionaires coming to her mansion in Florida. And uh, they're not allowed to say a single word about business until they're in the hot tub. So she calls them hot tub. Moments. <laughs> so we adopted that same model. Uh, the reason why is because I, I do believe that uh, uh, trust brings a lot of speed in, in, in business, right? And if you come out the gates with, with business in mind, you're going to have a lot of people see you for just what you have to offer mm -hmm. and nothing more. 
But if you can build the relationship and build that trust with them uh, initially, then people are going to want to give you business just because it's you. Does that make sense? So I, I can't tell you how many times I have been hit up by people on switching my insurance, right? Uh, from life insurance, my kids insurance to car insurance, you name it. <clears throat> and I can't tell you how many times I've had people who've asked me how much you pay. And I tell them and they go, oh my gosh, you're paying absolutely ridiculous amounts for your insurance. And I say, that's great. I don't care. I've known the guy since I was two years old. You're not changing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's relationships. Yeah. Where it's at. yeah. So if someone were to want to start a mastermind group, uh, first of all, what, what is the purpose of a mastermind group in your mind? Uh, I think it's, it's to accelerate yourself. That's it. Uh, I, I think that if people go in with, again, business only, I think they're failing in their, in their mastermind, because unless you figure out yourself, uh, and a lot of times that's with your connections and your relationships, uh, to help you figure out yourself, you can't expand, uh, past yourself in your own business. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I, I think it's finding the right people who can excel, help you accelerate past yourself so that you can start taking uh, real advice in business and growing in business. So, yeah. I think that's so crucial. Uh, it's all about who you surround yourself by. I think that's part of the reason why I started this podcast so I could reach out to people like you and I have some other uh, friends and, and, and people I've met that uh, are just killing it. And, and it's awesome to be around people like you because it expands your horizon. Um, so if someone were to start a mastermind group, what would that, what would that look like? If you were to uh, start or join, uh, let's do, let's do, let's do join first. If you wanted to join a mastermind group, what would be some things you would look for, for, um, before joining? And then maybe we'll talk about what it would look like if you wanted to start one. Cool. Uh, well, I think joining it's, it's all about the intentions. I'd, I'd identify what the intentions are of each group. Um, <clears throat> there are some mastermind groups that the whole point of it is to lead it to their product, right? Uh, to me, I don't think that's a clean intention. Um, so I would definitely find one. By the way, I don't consider groups like BNI a mastermind group. Uh, I, I consider them support groups, but not a mastermind group. Uh, I'd be looking for structure as well. Um, to give you a little bit of insight, one of the ways we structured our mastermind groups um, was uh, trust building first. It's, it's building the relationships immediately. And... Uh, then, you know, and, and that could be in various forms, right? Like we've had stuff where we've done like literally nerf wars at the beginning <laughs> of an event, but then we've also been to some where it's like an entire 24 hours, you're hanging out, you're doing fun stuff, you know, going to pools, horseback riding, skiing, that kind of stuff. Right. And you're doing that. Um, and then the next day it's, it is a lot about business, you know? So, uh, but I would make sure that trust building is first. The reason why is because when you go into a mastermind group, you need to be going in with questions. You're not the one going in with answers. The moderator is the one who's directing the conversation. You need to be going in with questions. So the mastermind group should uh, never be about you. It should always be of giving up yourself, but it should always be uh, uh, about you in helping you accelerate, right? But you can't have one without the other. You have to give to get, right? So, um, I, I think that it'd be important for individuals to go in uh, or, or find one that has a decent moderator who knows how to control the conversation and lead it in the right direction. I believe that their responsibility is to identify uh, your questions that you have about how you will choose and want to accelerate and to break it down 
to the simplest form so that people can actually help you and identify at the core what you need to do in order to grow. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think moderator is huge as well. Um, and then of course it's, it's contacts. If you're going to join it, it's, it's who's at those meetings. Um, <clears throat> you know, there are different mastermind groups that, uh, uh, appeal to different people. There are ones that are focused for network marketing. There's ones that are focused for real estate and ones that are focused for, um, I've actually seen a whole bunch for door to door. Uh, there's ones focused on startup. I like the ones that aren't as focused because it gains a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. Um, if, if I went to a group asking how to build my startup and I'm listening to a bunch of people who know how to invest in real estate they don't know how to build a startup you know what i mean yeah they're, they're two different things so i definitely think a good mix is, is what you'd want because although i don't believe that they are the people to listen to directly on startup it's always good to have someone else's perspective because now you're looking at them more as a as a consumer of your product or a buyer of your product does that make sense? Yeah. And okay. so it's always good and healthy to have a good mix of, of people and not be as focused. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so that's you, why I say to join and look for. So if you were to start one, would you do one that's not as focused then? And, and, and how would you, how would you start it? And how would you bring people on board to, to create something that adds value to every, every member? I, I think, I think that's a great question. First of all, <clears throat> I would not be focused. Um, on, on an individual group, unless it was something, uh, dare I say, it, it, if it was something where, how do I say this? Um, if it was something a little bit more direct and needed, like if you had salespeople, uh, I would be putting salespeople in mastermind groups with salespeople. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> Abs absolutely. But if it's something in regards to like where I'm trying to go and my intentions, is to expand my horizon to be open opportunities and, and learn new things. I mean, a year and a half ago, I never thought in the, uh, I would ever be a farmer, but now we've got a farm that we're looking at a very nice, hefty exit in 30 months from now, mm -hmm. you know? So, so it's always good to be open and you can never be open if you're, if you close down your, your environment. Does that make sense? hundred percent. So, <clears throat> and I agree with that. Um, yeah, man. Uh, and as far as getting one going, um, I, I would be, okay. So one, one of the other things to mention real quick is, is you never know who the next person, uh, also has in their Rolodex, right? So that's one of the important things too, is to never shut down any individual based on uh, credentials. Mm -hmm. I, I've, I, it's always bothered me, uh, seeing people in those meetings who do that. Uh, and it's, always something I would be careful of judging people as they walk into rooms. You know what I mean? Um, if, if you really want a successful mastermind, I do believe it's about talking to everybody and identifying yourself with everybody and finding out who some of those people are. Um, I can't tell you uh, how many times I've been to a couple meetings with some friends here who I know are probably among the wealthiest people in the state of Utah. <clears throat> they show up in pajama bottoms and like Ugg <laughs> boots. Uh -huh. And like, like ripped up Ugg slippers, you know what I mean? And a sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. But I know that there's some of the wealthiest people in Utah. I will also tell you that upon the initial question of who, what do you do? These guys don't like to respond with mm -hmm. what they've done. You know what I mean? So um, I, I would definitely be careful on, on your judgments of people, not just because who they might be, but because of who they may know. 
Yeah. And sometimes that's more important is who they know than who they might be. Does that make sense? Makes a hundred percent sense. So, so if you were, um, so how do you bring people on board? So, or, or let me ask this, if you were to do a mastermind group or, cause I'm getting free advice from you practically, cause I, I'm looking, I think I'm considering doing this. Would you do a digital platform like uh, a Facebook private group mastermind group or would it be an in-person meetup how frequent would you go how would you get people on board um I would do I would do a healthy mix I think there's always power in getting together I I think that before you ever get on a digital format it's it's good to get in person Mm -hmm. even if it was just a like a party an introductory party you know, and I know in these days it's, it's limited, but it's not, I, I mean, I still get invited to events that have 70 people that go to them. Um, you know, so, so people are still doing it. Maybe you don't have to go that extreme, but a group of 10, 15 people getting together, I would have fun first before it's organized and formal. I mean, whether it's, you know, go golfing, go boating, go play in the snow, you know, uh, go have snowball fights. Like I, it's so funny what, uh, um, what people assume, are, are childish but how much it opens up some of the most professional people mm-hmm. you know what i mean i'm telling you we did nerf wars <laughs> we used to go to event uh at, at a place called provo beach here in in uh, just south of salt lake utah and <clears throat> we would laser tag we would laser tag with some of the top real estate investors and and real estate brokers and some of the top entrepreneurs in the state who would go and we would play laser tag. Everybody was laughing. Everybody's having a good time when people like me are tripping, you know, down the stairs and rolling and sweating when we walk out of there. Um, After that, you have that that basis of trust to to go off of, right? So then if you turn it into a digital format, whether it's on Clubhouse, which I love, uh, or if it's on Zoom um, or any other platform, you now know who that person is, who's next to you, right? So you and I have a good relationship because we spent days together out in the mission, right? But uh, how open I am, uh, and I do think, by the way, that's a number one key of building trust first, is why in the world would I trust you to answer my questions if I didn't have a fun relationship with you first where our walls were broken down? Right. You know, and why would you trust me? And a lot of times... a lot of times the thing that's keeping us from that next level are so simple. Like they're simple questions that sometimes we're so afraid to ask because we fear of what that other person is thinking of us because we haven't figured it out yet. You know what I mean? Uh, Like it could be something as simple as, you know, when's, when's the appropriate time to hire your first employee or, you know uh, I don't know how to do my taxes, stuff like that. People are so afraid of asking and when you have a whole audience on a digital screen that you don't know, you, I, I feel the majority of people are going to be so hesitant to ask any of those questions for fear of what others might be thinking. Of. Right. But if we just played laser tag and, and, you know, you caught me tripping and I caught you tripping or whatever, uh, there's a, a, just a, that, that sense of trust that, that, you know, commonality that we're all just people at yeah. the end of the day yeah, so if i need help everything. on taxes it's good it humanizes everything yeah yeah that's so. awesome so a mastermind group tell me this does it take money to get started or do you need to b- build funds to be able to do some of these fun things uh how, how would you go about getting some good material and, and making it uh add value to everybody 
do, do you want the answer that your your listeners uh, will like or the answer that you're gonna like? <laughs> uh, let's let's do both. <laughs> uh, the the answer your your listeners are gonna like is you shouldn't have to. Uh-huh. You can make it a lot of fun uh, without doing it. The answer you're gonna like is you should always charge people to do the events you want to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. So uh, like, I, I mean, we, we had a day where um, we went up to my old community and we literally just spent the entire day at the pool. We spent the entire day, you know, playing games and all these other fun stuff. We had lunch there and um, up at the clubhouse there. And, you know, it was a, it was a great time, but that lunch cost money, but it's a very, I mean, these are some of the top chefs in Utah who are cooking food for everybody, it costs money mm-hmm. and it cost me money because it was on my tab. You know what I mean? Right. So I wanted to provide a good experience, like a really good experience like that, where people can, you know, um, do something they don't normally do. And that particular mastermind group was with uh, startups. It wasn't with, you know, the, my venture buddies, uh-huh. it was with a lot of startups wanting to get there. So to give them a taste of the environment, uh, uh, to give them a sense of, what they should they could shoot for right um you had to charge them so we charged them a few hundred dollars per head and it worked out people are willing to pay when they're given the experience does that make sense so if coming from a a a sales perspective it is about the experience that's what you're selling it's not about the content uh we have not had a mastermind group in a very long time when we started to actually learn about it we've not had a mastermind group where it was content driven Does that make sense? And when we actually dive in and dig into business, which I do believe should be a piece of a mastermind group just after everything else, everybody there needs to be coming with questions that's keeping them from getting to that next level. And and those questions are typically answered by other people questioning. It's not somebody standing up there. So, so if, you know, if, uh, if you came to me and said, how do I do my taxes? It's not my responsibility to turn around on a whiteboard and start writing out how to do your taxes. Does that make sense? It's your responsibility to provide me two things, more questions to dig into what I actually need on my taxes. Like, are you asking about, you know, what you should be writing off? Are you asking about how to do it yourself? Because if you're giving me answers without actually understanding what my question really is, I'm not growing. Right. So the moderator's responsibility is to get down to the very base core of that question to identify what the question actually is. And then it's your responsibility to control the conversation to make sure people are giving quality responses and quality resources. And by resources, it's people, you know, in this case, it's it's the accountant that that might be suggested. Does that make sense? Right. Yep. hundred percent. Okay, cool. Well, let's go. Let's switch gears now and talk a little bit about venture capital. Because uh, I think this is very interesting. Uh, how did how did you how did you get into it? Uh, I I got into that through just my relationships. I I actually uh, at one point we had a we had an investment that was doing extremely extremely well, and um, I had a my brother in law actually who's in, been in finance for a long time. He ran a hundred ten million dollar hedge fund. And uh, he made the suggestion, hey, this is working pretty well. Uh, You're already in the space of people coming to you asking for help. And some of those guys need some capital. You've now had a nice, uh, let's say, buffer to put in your own capital to some of these different ventures. 
why don't you go for it and you can start with this investment and raise some money for that investment. So that's how we initially got into it. Um, and I asked him because I didn't know the first thing about putting together a fund. You know, there's a lot of legal stuff. There's a lot of compliance um, that needs to be taken care of, a lot of accounting and a lot of operations. Um, and then, you know, you need to make sure that you have the, the right partners who can help the companies you're going for actually build their business. Uh, I'm, I, I can be passive on some of my investments. Uh, my passive investments are typically crypto mining. Um, my active investments are every other investment. You know, I, I like to be somewhat involved and in, in control, uh, mostly the sell side because without sales, you know, if, if you don't have some control of the sales, I don't trust my money's going to make more money. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. So I, I like to be a lot more active on that, but uh, you know, VCs can be run so many different ways. Um, VCs can be set up and established as a debenture, which is just borrowed money. It's, Hey, you give me a hundred, a uh, hundred grand and I'll pay you 15% a year, break it down either quarterly or monthly or yearly or whatever. Uh, and, and then at the end of a term, whether it's a year, two years, three years, I'm going to give all your money back and all the other profits are yours to keep, right? But then I'm going to use that money and I'm going to go plug it into different investments. And the idea is that those investments are going to be yielding returns immediately um, for us to ensure that we can pay you the monthly, quarterly, you know, uh, annually uh, dues at 15, 16% or whatever it is. And then of course, at the end of the day, the you're going to have your money back and I will hopefully have won a lot bigger. My, my, the investment where I borrowed your money, hopefully is going to do two, 3,000%. And I'm going to have paid you the, you know, 30, 45% over the couple of years. Does that make sense? Yeah. But in your scenario, in, in that case, it's a, it's a, it's a less risky venture because you know that that's backed by the individual who has to pay that regardless. It's a loan, right? And it's treated like a loan. So it's not, if the business isn't successful, you don't make it. It's regardless, however the business performs and where I choose to put the money, you're always gonna get paid by me, period. Cause it's a loan. Does that make sense? Yep. On the other side, there are other ones where, you know, a lot of people, uh, they, they set, and I could give you a thousand different ways that people set them up, um, but there are other successful ways and, and uh, enjoy a lot of times being a part of the process. I've gone away from uh, actually doing funds and raising capital that way to just bringing in partners onto different ventures. There's a lot less risk on my side, a lot less phone calls I have to answer to. And a lot of the times I'm bringing in people who want to be involved and get down there. For example, uh, one of my good buddies and my partner on this and a couple other deals now, um, he's down in Colorado counting all of the seeds that we've produced getting ready to sell. You know, so it's it, it feels a lot better for me knowing that I'm not just managing somebody's money, but his money is in an entity that he's down at currently yeah. watching his money grow. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. So it sounds like to get started in uh, venture capital, you can kind of go about it a couple different ways. You can have your own skin in the game, right? Where you bring in your own capital, or you can create the skill set, which it sounds like you have to where you can bring, uh, basically you're the resource. You can bring all these resources together, make these connections and leverage other people's money uh, to make it happen. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, 
I'm definitely a, a huge fan of leveraging money. Um, and there's lots of ways to leverage money, whether those are HELOCs in a house or whether those are, you know, even credit cards sometimes. I mean, it just depends on what the operation is. Like right now, we've got to put together 8 million by fall, but 5 million by April. And we've put together about three and a half million in the last couple of weeks, just two weeks. And I'll tell you the reason why I love mastermind groups so much is because of the relationships that were built where I can call up a buddy, by the way, it, you should never be scared of asking people for money because so, what you're doing is you're selling money at a discount. Uh -huh. And that's one of the easiest things in the world to do. It's, Hey, if instead of putting your money in your bank account, which by the way, I don't believe in at all, especially right now because of stimulus packages and everything else where I believe it's going to shoot off the inflation. Right. Um, and I could give you different calculations, uh, but the inflation rate, a lot of people believe it's like three to 4%. No, it's, it's, it's a lot, lot higher than that. And some people say it's up to 14, 15%. So you understand if that is true, and that's what people have said, that's not what I've come to the conclusion of, but that's what a lot of my trusted uh, uh, friendships have told me who play in the banking system. Um, that means every hundred grand you have in the bank account or 10 grand you have in the bank account, it's now worth 85 grand or 8,500 just after a year, if it's just sitting there, like that's a huge loss, right? So for me, it's, hey, instead of putting it here, why don't you park it over here? And in six months to a year, let's, let's bring you whether it's 10, 100 or a thousand percent return. You know what I mean? But the reason why I love the venture capital side so much is because you're not dealing with your traditional REITs that are, you know, nine, 10% a year. You're dealing with opportunities that are two, three thousand percent in a year, which is unbelievable. And those are very real and very realistic to do because sometimes it's just a little bit of help on the sell side or a little bit of capital into a marketing campaign that can take some of those off. Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I do like VC. There are lots of ways to get into it. Um, leverage is a big thing. Uh, if anyone is interested in getting into VC, I would highly recommend though, that, that you do have some buffer for yourself to put your own money in, uh, because a lot of your investors are going to want to know that you have skin in the game as well. This podcast interview went a lot longer than anticipated, so we're going to actually split it up into two parts. I uh, hope you enjoyed part one. Part two will be rolling out soon. Hope to hear from you.